Hey, 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 what is going on, Party Crashers? This is your host, Jerry Jones, and welcome to the Uninvited Podcast. However you found us and whyever in the world you were looking for us, uh, I'm glad you did. Hey, uh, do me a favor, will you? As I, uh, I'm on... I'm not really on ones and twos, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, you know, I'm really like super amateur at this, but, uh, wherever you found us, be sure to rate us, like us and subscribe. And if you can, you know, uh, how, how's that for an abrupt <laughs> music ending? Um, yeah, give us a, give us a five star rating, right? Um, Five stars feels like love. Four stars feels like the friend zone. Um, I can tell you who's feeling the love right now. Uh, I, 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 first of all, uh, not as much feeling the love as much as showing the love. But I would imagine that right now, I'm not sure if anyone is feeling the love quite as much or in the same way as Senator Kamala Harris from the great state of California. Um, as you know, by now, um, she is the first woman of color um, ever to be selected as the uh, vice presidential running mate of a major party. Uh, yesterday, on August 11th, Joe Biden, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, um, selected Senator Harris uh, to run on the ticket. And it's just been an outpouring of love. Um, I, it's hard to put into words um, what this feels like, which is problematic for someone who um, whose role it is is to talk about these things uh the the closest that i have come to feeling this amount of joy as it relates to um anything political was um when um then senator obama um you know received came out with with you know first lady michelle obama uh sasha malia or is it Mia and uh, Sasha, is it Sasha and Malia or Malia and Sasha? Who, who's older? Who's the oldest? Um, but when they came out together um, to accept the nomination, um, that was incredible. And then, of course, um, so I would say that would be my number two all time. And then my number one all time was election night. I believe it was November 4th, 2008, when they walked out together at Grant Park in Chicago. Um, I, I Look, I, so I, I guess I shouldn't say that how I'm feeling right now is on the level of that, but there is a feeling of anticipation that uh, I haven't felt since... 2008 um the, you know i was getting a little nervous you know uncle joe uncle joe you know i mean he's 
you know, you know, the moment he came out of the bunker, um, you always just kind of have to wait and see with Joe. Um, I should note at the time of recording, um, you know, uh, Vice President Biden and Senator Harris, they just finished their first joint appearance together uh, since the announcement. Um, I have to say, I have to say, uh, I, I waited almost two and a half hours for that event to start. Um, and it's one of those things where they bill it. It's like, oh, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, they're going to get together. And it was like maybe 4.30. Not 4.30. What am I talking about? It was uh, close to 4 o'clock before they actually started speaking. And so, um, you know, as these things are, 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 are bound to happen. Um, but... You know, the time, the, the, the anticipation aside, it was so good to see them um, together. It was so good to hear uh, Uncle Joe staying on message. Um, but even more than that, it was good to see, you know, Vice President Biden deliver on a promise uh, as some of you might recall during uh, one of the presidential debates, and I don't recall when, I don't, I don't know if it had been whittled down to two or three other competitors, but during the primary season, he committed to uh, selecting a woman, should he be the nominee. Um, and there towards the end, I started getting a little nervous because, well, not nervous. I wasn't nervous. Um in any respect that he would not pick a woman. Uh, I was nervous early. Now, I know some of you are big fans. Uh, and I'm a, I, people, I think, I, I, I shouldn't say I've given off the wrong impression. I think I had plenty of tweets in, in Facebook uh, posts to validate <laughs> people's interpretation of, of my, my position on Senator Amy Klobuchar. I love Senator Amy Klobuchar as a senator. Uh, on one of the trips to D.C., I actually stopped by her office just to tell her staff how much those of us in Kansas and Missouri appreciated her leadership. This is several years ago. Um, but she's a good senator. Um, I, I, <laughs> if, but if I were to think about how I would feel... For a Biden Klobuchar ticket, it would have been the same excitement I feel um, when I see ranch dressing. I mean, ranch dressing is good, right? But you don't really get excited for for ranch dressing. Um, even though I will say this, I will say this for ranch dressing. Chewy's. Chewy's restaurant. Shout out to Chewy's. Aren't they based out of Austin? Shout out to to Emily and Sean um, in Austin. Um, their jalapeno ranch dressing. It's the best ranch in the world. Like, um, again, you know, the hyperbole extends beyond politics and beyond sports. Also, it goes to condiments and sauces and food in general next time you're at chewy's um a wear a mask and we're also casting into the future right 
we do realize it'll be it'll probably be another year to 18 months before we're actually gorging on chips and salsa in a restaurant um i do love the restaurants that recognize just how many chips um a couple or a family will eat while waiting on their food um when you do a to-go order and they and you're, you're like why the hell did they give us two huge bags of freshly made tortilla chips and then you realize like oh is this how much we're eating if we're in the restaurant and i i think that it is shout out to uh shout out to margaritas look so all right this is episode 13 and you've probably noticed by now i don't do ads right uh which is a <laughs> self-engrandizing way of saying I don't have I don't have advertisers. I don't have anyone who's looking to man, if if you're looking, if you're looking to the uninvited as the vehicle by which you're going to spread the word about your restaurant or your goods or services, you know, things aren't going well. Things aren't going well. Now, now give me give this show 6 months. Give the show 6 months and um not that I will do ads, um, but, um, you know, I, yeah, you, you know, any, anybody who would want to place an ad would feel comfortable putting an ad um, on the show. But I will tell you right now, shout out to Margaritas, great takeout. They are going to give you as much of the chips that you would eat if you were actually dining in. Uh, when you take out, it's a crap ton of chips. It'll scare you. But shout out to to Chewy's for uh, their jalapeno um, ranch dressing. Um, but Amy Klobuchar doesn't remind me of um, of the jalapeno ranch. She reminds me of the like Hidden Valley Ranch. Um, it's good, you know. It's good for. You know, putting on. First of all, I don't think we understand. I, I think, and I think, and I wonder if this is a unique, uniquely American problem. Uh, I don't think we know how to dress a salad. Um, at least I don't. I should use I language. I don't know how to properly dress a salad, and I'm always that person at those um, lunchtime banquets that your your company buys a table to um, and then they can't get anybody to fill the table and I'm always that person when you know they, they pass around there's always the two different kinds of ranch there's like the ranch and then there's like the um, whatever it is it's like Thousand Island or some sort of uh, vinaigrette uh, and I'm always the one that like is giving my my salad a shower because no matter what, I can never get the pour just right. And then there's just always just like a, um, I don't know, almost like a little puddle in the middle of my salad of, of ranch. Um, you ever go to those, you ever go to those lunches and there's always that person like, you know, some, there's some places that will have like the butter for those rolls, the rolls that only get served, like you never have those rolls at home, but you all, you almost always have those rolls at the banquet. 
there's always that person that doesn't where the butter goes to die right or the coffee right if it's a or coffee or tea whatever like the drink is on the table um why are they serving coffee um in the middle of the day and it's crappy coffee it's crappy coffee i digress i was i was a little nervous when um he was talking to um senator amy klobuchar uh, and I, I do believe that if it weren't for the murder of George Flo George Floyd, which happened in Minneapolis, and if the officer Derek Chauvin was not the person who killed George Floyd, I feel confident that the conversation I would be having today would be about Biden and Klobuchar. Which is strange that I'm actually talking about it as if it were Biden and Klobuchar. I was a little nervous about that back um, in early uh, early May. Um, but Kamala Harris, what a choice! Um, I, I I have to say I have to say uh, I've never been more excited for a vice presidential debate. Uh, I did. I was a little excited for Biden and um, Palin. Uh, I there there was anticipation there. Um, not like this though. Not like this. Uh, so is 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 Vice President Pence going to insist on a third podium for his wife to be on the stage? I mean, I'm not saying that he should. I'm just saying that it's a distinct possibility that the moderator of the debate will be Mrs. Pence. You know, and, and, and in fact, I think that might be the only way that Mike will get be able to show up is if she is moderating. Um, I, <laughs> I have images of her kind of being like the Jake from State Farm lady. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Um, what are you wearing, Senator Harris? Um, but he cannot be looking forward to that conversation, to that debate, can he? I mean, who who is looking forward to an ass kicking? Right? I mean, well, some people are into that, and that's okay. But most people are not into getting their ass kicked. And I feel like that until, I think it's October 7th, will be their debate. It's going to be like that movie, Three O'Clock High. Do you ever see that movie, Three O'Clock High? Um, and then Charlie Day and Ice Cube remade that film uh, maybe four years ago. Do you ever see that? Um, I can't remember the name of that film, but it was funny. It was good. Uh, but three o'clock high, basically, um, you know, one student, you know, agitates a bully. The bully's like, I'm going to kick your ass after school. And the whole movie is about this buildup between the incident and three o'clock. And this kid is like, has, has to build up the courage to fight this bully and so on and so forth. Um, and he, clearly not looking forward to the ass kicking. Mike Pence is not looking forward to this. Um, I... So the good news, the good news for the, the probably the happiest, is it, is it weird that maybe one of the happiest people 
is Bill Barr. Bill Barr is probably, I'm just in my, I was going to say Bill Barr is probably doing cartwheels, but we all know that Bill Barr is not doing cartwheels. Um, but that this takes her out of the running for being um, attorney general. Um, but I would imagine, even though he is he is relieved that she will not be the attorney general. Oh, why would he, why would he be uh, relieved that she's not the attorney general? Um, well, um, I, I guess I'm just saying that if she were the attorney general, there would be investigations. And if, if the evidence turned out any wrongdoing, there would be prosecutions. And this is not to say that um, a Biden administration would not pursue that um, with a, a, a vice president, Harris. Um even though she, wow, she, uh, she would be the president of the Senate. So, which is why, this is why elections matter. Uh, by the way, I think we're 83 days, 83 days away. Um, if the Dems pick up the seats, it is possible. It is possible we could have a split chamber in the Senate. Um, and... Uh, currently, Senator Harris, if elected, uh, would be the president of the Senate and would be a, uh, she'd be a tiebreaker vote. Um, so that's, um, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, and she, she follows in the footsteps of, um, you know, thinking about, you know, black women um, running for uh, presidential office. Um, uh, Carol Mosley Braun, I believe she ran, um, back in the nineties. Um, but Shirley Chisholm, Shirley Chisholm was the first African American woman, first black woman, um, to seek the nomination, uh, for president from the democratic party. You know, she, so she she was elected to Congress in 1968, um, and ultimately ran for president in 1972. Her run was not met with any optimism from the Democratic um, Party establishment. Um, as you m might imagine, the Democratic Party establishment at the time, let's just say. Um, they held some racist ideas. Um, and this isn't to say that the De Democratic Party still doesn't, but back in 1972. Yeah. But think about that. 48 years ago, a black woman ran for president, ran for the nomination. And here we are, 48 years later. And we finally have a black woman on the Democratic ticket. And let's be clear about this, why this is so important. Um, Joe Biden's nomination, he owes 1,000% to black voters. Um, and I would say specifically uh, black women. Um 
that black women are the stalwarts of the Democratic Party. And we've talked about this on a previous pod. And I think I even alluded to it uh, last week that I didn't necessarily expect or require. No one's required. Not that I, I could not require anything of Vice President Biden. Um, but I, I believe that African the African-American community uh, had made it very clear that we expected that uh, once he committed to selecting a woman, that it would be a black woman. Um, and I think I'd said last week that, you know, if the woman wasn't black, um, her name should be Elizabeth Warren. I was a little nervous. He was talking to Governor Whitmer in Michigan. Um, and only nervous because I just, you know, I, I just, I hadn't seen how she would be more qualified than uh, a Harris or a, a you know, former ambassador, um, Susan Rice, uh, or Elizabeth Warren, um, for that matter. Um, but for, 40, for 48 years to pass um, before we got a, a black woman on the ticket, um, you know, it's in, in preparing to, to have this, this conversation today, uh, I started looking at the date and I'm like, what is going on? Like something happened, like something happened, uh, in, in, you know, recent history. Uh, and I just couldn't, I couldn't remember. And so I, 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 I went to Google and I just typed in on this day in history and there it was that on August 11, 2020, Joe Biden, who was the vice president to the first black president, that Joe Biden would pick a, an African-American senator to be his running mate, who would, and she would be the first black woman on the ticket on August 11th. Three years ago to the day on August 11th was this horrific rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, where a bunch of racist, fascist white guys in polos and khaki pants took to the streets with tiki torches, chanting, among other things, but most prominently, chanting, the Jews will not replace us. The Jews will not replace us. Um, it, to, you know how I, I talked about how I felt when, um, you know, President-elect Obama and family came out at Grant Park, that feeling of joy, of just this feeling that I am finally a part, a recognized part of this country. The exact opposite feeling. Uh, I had seeing the footage and I, I will tell you that if you're interested in, in Googling 
um, reporting from from three years ago. Vice News was on a whole in a whole different stratosphere for the quality of reporting that they did. And then there was everybody else. From from a reporting standpoint, um, they were the Beyonce of reporting. Some of the other ones may have then, you know, and, and not that the other reporting was bad, but, you know, they were like on that Taylor Swift level. Um, who all's listening to the new Taylor Swift, by the way? I listened to, uh, what's the name of the album? I can't remember. I listened to it a couple times. Um, and it's it's good. It's good. Um, it's a little bit of a, downer but it's 2020 and I, I feel like uh, the timing um the timing of the of, of it's really good um it's just <laughs> I, you know you know the thought that I just had I the thought that I just had um uh, was and I I'm gonna all right so it's not an original thought um I've talked about this pod a couple times higher learning with Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan uh, but Ever since they brought it up, I cannot stop thinking about it. Uh, what if it wasn't Kylie Jenner in the WAP video, uh, but instead it was Taylor Swift? I, I, I don't think the internet would have recovered from that. I agree with him. The internet would not have recovered from that. Um, real quick before I move off of this. Uh, I talked about a couple, maybe four or five episodes ago, I'm losing track, talked about Megan Thee Stallion. There was a shooting incident. Um, uh, a rapper, Tory Lance. Um, and every time I say Tory Lance, I think of um, who was that really snotty ass conservative? You know who I'm talking about? What's her name? A little bratty, like just sorority looking. You know, what's her name? Uh, Tammy, 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 Tammy Lauren. So whenever I say you know, Tory Lanez, I, I then I'm thinking about her. Um, so I, I will just say uh, I saw the video, not by mistake, not like that congressperson who claims that he saw the WAP video by mistake and is just outraged. Um, Megan Thee Stallion's foot is, is perfectly fine. Um, and I say that knowing that she she and Cardi B filmed the video, I'm sure, before the foot incident. Um, it does explain why Kylie why she was partying with Kylie Jenner that night because Kylie Jenner shows up in the WAP video. Look, I I get the advanced analytics on on the show, and advanced analytics. I here okay. We, we're going back. Okay, we. I, I think I talked a little bit about this in the first episode. I will always try to make myself sound a little bit fancier than I am. When I say advanced analytics, it's basically telling me who is and who isn't listening <laughs> to the show. Uh, so there is a substantive part of my listening demographic who has no idea what the WAP video is. I'm begging you, please don't. Please don't. Because if you Google it and you watch the video, you might not come back to the show. Don't judge me. I did watch it. Uh, let's say I didn't hate it at all. But Megan Thee Stallion's foot is um, 
based on the video is just fine. Sorry, I digress. So Vice News, <laughs> their reporting was like the Beyonce homecoming um, Netflix special. Um, I have not yet seen all the way through Black is King. Um, the I, I saw like the first 22 minutes and it's visually stunning, right? I just don't know if I'm if if I'm getting it. It's kind of like when you go to that to a to a show to an art showing and you know people are really looking at the art and they have a lot of like educated things to say and you're and you're just nodding your head, kind of like with your hand on your chin and your your arms crossed and you're just kind of staring at it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but you really don't know. Um, that's kind of how I, I that's kind of how I look at Black as King. Um, but it's Beyonce and it's brilliant. So uh, watch it. At least Disney Plus is putting something on that some people um, that some people will watch. Vice News, Google Vice News, they're reporting of <laughs> what happened in Charlottesville three years ago. It, it's advanced reporting. It was just it's just top notch. Um, but that was that was one of the most disturbing things I had ever seen. And then the next day happened. Um, so clearly um, the people of Charlottesville, bear in mind, these are people who actually live there. Um, some of these Tiki Torch, you know, docker wearing people, some of them weren't actually, I think many of them were not from Charlottesville but came in and uh, deliberately chose Charlottesville to make a point. Um, and um, so people were protesting the hate that um, had been displayed the previous night um, among the people who were um, fighting for racial justice and equality and and it kind of re, kind of uh, reminding America that we had already fought a war and defeated fascism as an idea. Um, one of those folks, her name was Heather Heyer. And uh, you've seen by now, you've seen the iconic video and photos of uh, that Dodge uh, Charger um, plowing through. Um, crowd of peaceful protesters and her life was stolen from her that was three years ago today so it isn't at all lost on me first of all say her name like i like i like i like to say right we we have not forgotten and we will not forget her name is heather Heyer. please say her name um and remember remember her um it is not lost on me that today that vice president biden and senator harris uh, together for the first time in their first joint statement as a team and they're taking on the racist fascist uh administration that is the trump administration I mean, it's kind of, I, so three days from now, 
and you know i was thinking like do i do i talk about it now or do i do i uh talk about it today and i'm going to talk about it today so the tiki torch rally gave me a sense of uh, anxiety um the the horrific display of it because it was not only i mean clearly the 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 thing that that stands out is that heather Heyer was was murdered but just the violence against people um from the the nazis these neo-nazis and and honestly here's the thing if you are a white supremacist and if you um support this fascist behavior that's being exhibited um, by people who are supportive of the president, or if you're even supportive of the president's own fascist and racist policies and behaviors, you're more than likely a, a someone, you're, you're more than likely fascist yourself and racist yourself. Um, and I guess I'm. I guess I'm just saying. Like, I think we all. Not we all. I think there are a lot of us. In the wake of the 2016 um, theft, election theft. Can we? Can we? Can we? I want to. I'm rambling. Okay, but there's a reason for this. Do we recognize that the last legitimately elected Republican president? was George H.W. Bush. 1988. 1988 was the last time a Republican president was elected without any BS. And even then... So, uh, W elected in air quotes, in 2000. We all know the story about Florida. Um, when your brother is the sitting governor of the state in question, you, you and, and everything that happened, so not a legitimate uh, presidency. Um, there were all sorts of reports of, uh, and if you, if, you, if, you won, if you were installed in your first term, you're not even legitimate in your second term. There are all sorts of voting uh, irregularities in Ohio in 2004. John Kerry chose not to fight anything, which is his right. Um, you had um, Obama in 08, 2012. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to skip over the Clinton era. Um, and then uh, 2016, we all know what happened there. Um so it's been wow 32 years 32 years since the republicans have legitimately uh won the white house there are some of you who are listening who have never been alive for a legitimately elected republican president in your life that's uh it's pretty sad it's pretty sad. Um, but yeah, three years ago, um, you know, she was taken out. Uh, and then on the 15th of August, 
um, the president said his famous words where he had the, his staff to his credit had prepared statements for him um, and he chose <laughs> not to stick to those and then went on to praise these neo-Nazi racist fascists calling them very fine people um, so here we are three years later Vice President Biden Senator Kamala Harris are poised to take on, you know, the most racist, fascist uh, president, uh, presidential administration um, since uh, Andrew Jackson. Um, in that these things are happening, you know, in this moment uh, in time. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I don't, and I don't think I've talked about this, but the president has is really playing his hand. Um, he's looking to disrupt uh, the twenty twenty election, um, looking to cause major disruptions with the postal service, um, looking to uh, I think exploit the, his his own mishandlings of of, of COVID nineteen. Um, to sow doubt and discord into the results um, for 2020, um, and but it's like here, like you know, this is the thing, though. Like, that's just it's just it's just what he does, and and I I, I think what we're seeing is like it's it's um. It is obstruction. It's toxic obstructionism. Um, but this obstructive nature didn't start with Trump. Do you all remember? Um, maybe you don't remember. But I think it was the first CPAC conference um, after uh, the president had either sewn up the election or he, maybe he had already been inaugurated. But, you know, Rush Limbaugh and all of these, you know, the conservatives kind of pounding the podium saying we're on a mission to make him a one term president. Um, we all know how um, um, Senator Mitch McConnell, who, whom we've talked about a lot in this show, how he blocked the nomination after Justice Scalia died um, of Marin Garland. Well, because we, we, you know, we're in the middle of an election. I mean, we, you know, we can't, we couldn't possibly do our job in the middle of an election. Um, can we just say, listen, I, I, I'm not one to call people to pray. That's just not really what I do. Not calling people to pray. Not that I don't pray. Um, I pray, I, I do pray. Uh, upon request, kind of like a DJ. Um, so I don't normally call out calls for prayer. Thoughts and prayers. Have I ever talked to you about my my, my whole thing with thoughts and prayers? Um, all right, so here's my thing. Here's my thing on, on, on thoughts uh, and prayers. Um, 
whenever there's a a mass shooting um and shout out to can i you know look shout out to the parkland kids um and i know it's been a couple years now and we don't talk a lot about the parkland kids but i i firmly believe this this effort this um this really collaborative focused effort i think the adults saw the kids and they put together the march for our lives and and they said that enough is enough and the young kids basically told us we don't trust you to deliver the change that needs that those changes that need to be delivered because you've shown zero evidence as adults that you will actually do it when it is time to do it um these kids a lot of those kids those kids are now beyond voting age and i think we saw that i think we saw that in 2018 i think we're seeing it now okay um but shout out to um shout out to um to the parkland kids um for really um for really showing us um showing us how um how to do it and now i don't even <laughs> don't you hate that this is a senior moment I'm telling you, the AARP. I'm expect. I'm exp, I'm. I'm turning fifty. Um, here, in a couple of weeks, and my daughter uh, loves to point out whenever the AARP sends me anything. She's like, "Good dad, here's your here's your old person, um, old person mail." Um, but I I think the movement to to bounce um, this administration is a di a direct result of. Of, of those kids and I, I i think it's cyclical so um nine years not nine years ago oh my gosh it's like maybe more more like 11 years ago do you all remember so i was doing grassroots organizing at the time here in kansas city i did most of my work was around healthcare, um and it was during the august recess so right around this time um, I think it's weird and crazy that um, that these senators, because God forbid that they do their job <laughs> during an election year, and God forbid they do their job in a pandemic, they're going to be on recess um, without having passed a, the Senate, without having passed the House bill, the HEROES Act. Um, and so there's been no action on... now. If you're if you're trying to count what the president did the other day, hey, you go for it. I don't count. It doesn't count to me. Uh, they haven't moved. Um, but eleven years ago, it, quite the opposite to, I believe, this concerted effort to to rid the White House of racism and fascism, and sexism and misogyny and and, and xenophobia and all the things that are wrong with America that have been perfectly capsulized by um, the White House. Um, it was a polar opposite uh, 11 years ago. At the time, working as an organizer, um, what would ultimate, what was being debated was ultimately what would become 
the uh, Affordable Care and Patient Protection Act, also known as the ACA, also known as Obamacare. And um, I posted something on Facebook um, on August 11th, 2009, um, because there, there were the, that was the beginning of the rise of the Tea Party, which contrary to what um, the story the Tea Party tells about itself, or even the story that mainstream media um, has told about the Tea Party, it was a corporate effort, right? It was backed. Dick Armey um, had a former uh, congressman, you know, famous um, Republican uh, member of Congress, you know, was behind it and got all the big, you know, GOP donors to get behind this. And, and the goal was to, to, to try to kill this bill. And there were all sorts of images uh, of the president at the time, President Barack Obama, um, being hung in effigy, Obama-like dolls in him in, in Nazi fatigue, um, just just terrible stuff. And the whole notion is that that expanding health coverage to America uh, was was likened to fascism. So it's interesting. <laughs> and it's interesting to see how conservatives understand fascism that you know they, that they would compare Obama to Hitler just 11 years ago and even now or would even now the 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 evil person is Dr. Anthony Fauci he is now their Hitler figure as it were that he is the one trampling on their rights when you have a fascist in the White House who calls actual Nazis very fine people. You have a racist in the White House who claims proudly, not only claims that Andrew Jackson is his favorite president, but that he has a, a photograph, a prominent photograph in the Oval of Andrew Jackson. Um... Andrew Jackson, probably the most murderous, hateful, racist president of all of our racist presidents. He was the worst. He's got millions of bodies on, on, on his ledger. Um, and our current president. That's his role model. So it's just interesting to see that 11 years ago, expanding health coverage for people who couldn't afford it was seen as fascism. But those same people don't see fascism as fascism. They see it as being a proud American. Um, and what that tells me is we have forgotten. We have forgotten what it means as a country to stand up against hate. Um, you know, in doing, in doing my On This Day in History search, um, one of the guys, because there's a thread on, on Twitter, hashtag, hashtag OTD, that, um, and I'll, let me get his name right, I want to cite him, 
um, Jeffrey Guterman, and he, you know, he must be like a, uh, you know, like a, he's, he's verified. That's what they call it. Verified. He's got the blue check. Are those things for sale? Can you buy, can you buy your certification on Twitter? I would totally buy it if I could. Uh, posted a picture from August 12th, 1950, uh, from Stone Mountain, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, where the same, the same Atlanta, where the governor is suing the mayor for wanting people to wear masks. And it was a picture of a KKK induction ceremony. And from the picture, um, looks like there were hundreds of people there. This is 1950. That's the year my father was born, a year before my mother was born. August 12th, 1950. America has either forgotten, and we, we've forgotten and we've gotten to the point now because we don't teach our kids that we just don't know. We don't know any of this stuff. Um, and it's sad. It's really sad. Um, man, there's no good transition out <laughs> <laughs> this is a downer of an episode. I started so high and now we're ending so low. Um, it, it, of course, I mean, leave it to, leave it to these places that, that confuse fascism with, um, with being a real American. These are the same places that won't cancel their football seasons. It's the big 12 SEC, um, and, and the ACC. Um, and I've talked about those conferences before. Um, on this show, Big Ten football conferences canceled football um, for 2020. Uh, so is the Pac-12. Um, you stack those five athletic conferences together: Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC would be third, um, and then SEC and the Big 12 are fighting it out for the least, you know, as a total conference academic rigor. Um, certainly within the Big 12, the University of Kansas stands above the rest. Um, I, that's not even in question, is it? You, K-Staters, Oklahoma Staters, OU, please don't. Don't just OU. Look, KU, K-State, you know, we could, ha we could have that conversation, but OU, y'all need to stay out of that. And you know why. Come on. You're OU. Um... Look, I'm going to get out of here. Um, I am so glad you're here. Uh, I do want to, I do want to end on the high note. Um, Senator Kamala Harris. Let's just, can we get it done? Please, you all do that for me. Do me, do me this favor. Make sure you're eligible to vote. Make sure you're registered to vote. And make sure you've developed a safe voting plan for November 3rd. 2020. You do that for me. Uh, don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Um, do it for your country. Um, I appreciate you. And I'm going to catch you on the next episode of The Uninvited.